0: After months of confusion and indecision, all five major conferences in Division I have decided to play abbreviated football seasons this fall. While much of the ACC returned to play two weeks ago, the Virginia Cavaliers have not. The Hoos will kick off their season on Saturday, September 26th, in an almost empty Scott Stadium at 4 o'clock p.m. against the 0-2 Duke Blue Devils. As Virginia aims to defend its Coastal Division crown, I caught up with third-year-long snapper Lee Dudley, a Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy undergraduate and Woodbury Forest School alumnus, to talk about the team's experience in fall Cap, his favorite memories from last season, and what the team can carry over into this one amidst all the uncertainty surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Lee, thank you for taking the time to, uh, to come on with me today. It's uh, good to see you, good to hear from you. Uh, so my first question is, what was your favorite moment from last season?
1: Favorite moment from last season? Well, it was a special season in general um really loved every minute of it but no doubt the uh game ceiling not game technically game winning but it was game ceiling so you got the sack the next possession but our game out ceiling uh field goal against virginia tech i think it was 49 yarder left hash um it was like a minute 30 left in the game and brian delaney just booted it right down the middle and just that feeling it was just awesome I mean, it was like one of our best operations of the year too Good snap, good hold, good kick. And it was all around just a perfect ball by Brian. Um, That really sealed the game for us because it gave us a lot of momentum going to the next possession, which uh, led to the safety and
0: touchdown, sorry, and on the the strip sack. So, special moment. And obviously that was the basically the crown jewel of last season. But before that, there were a lot of other uh, big games and big moments, of course, and against Florida state um, much like uh, Warwick Dunn got stopped on the one yard line in the nineties or something in Scott stadium. Cam Akers goes down uh, along the right sideline to uh, secure uh, the school's first win against Florida state. And in, in quite some time uh, at what moment during the season, was there a point earlier on where you were looking around, seeing what the team was doing and you, you all collectively started to feel, okay, we could, we could make an ACC championship and, we can make it to a New Year's Six game if uh, if the Cards fall where they may. Certainly. Um, I think it kind of went in waves. Um,
1: in the beginning of the season, we started off really strong at Pitt. Um, and the previous season, 2018, Pitt beat us on our home turf, and that's a terrible loss. Our Actually, our first loss in two years for 14-1 at Scott Stadium in the last couple of seasons in that, that Pitt game. So 2019, beating Pitt right up the bat was huge. And then we had a couple of good games, and then we uh, went on a two-game losing skid. Um, I remember the Miami game in particular. we were down in Miami Gardens, and uh, we lost Bryce Hall for the season that game on return. That's a terrible thing to see. Um, and we just we were in the red zone seven times, and we, I think we got like six points out of it. So that was a really turning point in our season. We we're like, all right, like, what is this season going to be? Are we going to be a six and six team, or are we going to be? even better than that. Um, we knew we, we were so much better than just a 500 team. Um, so really that Miami game was a big turning point. We're like, all right, guys, like we can really do this. Like, we know we're the best in the Coastal, go up and play Clemson, and uh, we don't know what else is going to happen. Like obviously we know the Orange Bowl's in, in sight, but we didn't know where we were going to go. We're like, Are we going to the Belk Bowl again? Are we going to the Orange Bowl? We had no clue. But uh, really that Miami game was just a huge turning point in our season.
0: There's just zero doubt about it. Um, Then we finished the rest of the season off on a high note. We were talking uh, before I started the recording about how weird this fall has been with camp lasting seemingly an unprecedented amount of time. And just in general, how would you say this off season has differed from last off season?
1: Right, right. Well, first and foremost, it's just obviously, like just your your relationships with your friends on and off the team. Um, Like a a lot of guys have been just sticking to themselves and trying to like stick to football and just be committed to like weightlifting, strength, all the strength and conditioning stuff in the training room. But it's really just like what you do off the field, your choices. And, uh, coach Menhall has talked about it a lot and guys on the team are really buying in. Um, we've been doing really well with our COVID testing, uh, knock on wood. We haven't had a positive test since July 5th when we first returned on campus or on ground. Sorry. And today's September 24th. So kudos to the team and all of our administration for, um, setting up protocols to keep us safe. Um, but it's just really just been just a different feel, and like we've been practicing for almost twelve weeks now, and without a game, and that's that's tough, and it takes a toll on your body, it takes a toll on you mentally, and you should really gotta stick stick to each other and um, support each other through these times. So um, it's definitely been an interesting off season. I know the guys are ready to get back at it on Saturday.
0: What kind of advice have Coach Mendenhall and the rest of the staff shared with you about preparing to play in such uncertain times with postponements? seemingly coming willy-nilly on a wednesday or thursday before kickoff Uh, how have you guys adjusted to prepare uh, your preparation um in in times where you don't know if you're going to be playing basically until game day
1: right great question well the the best piece of advice they've given us and uh like i was saying it's been outlined by our sport administrators as well it's just really control who you see where you go and uh just your actions off the field because that's the biggest thing. Like when we're at at the McHugh center on the practice field, we're social distancing, masking when your helmet's not on. um, And there's just tons of precautions in place to keep us safe. Um, But the best piece of advice is definitely from our coaches is to like, really just think about who matters to you in your life and why, and why you're playing the game. Because if say you're Joe Schmo and a regular football team and non-COVID world you're probably gonna go see your friends you're probably gonna go to some parties you're in college but in today COVID no like we wake up we go to the facility we come back to our apartments do your homework go to class so on and so forth and repeat it's the same thing each day so they've just really been making sure that we stick to the guidelines and uh just know that it's a total
0: team effort. So while conferences in the in division one have tried to Make things as similar as possible by, you know, keeping Plato within conference only, uh, and adjusting schedules to really try to ensure quality of competition. Of course, there's still going to be some disparities within individual states about whether or not you can have fans, how many fans you can have. Virginia uh, is still um, relatively locked down with the with the presence of large gatherings. So this weekend, one thousand fans uh, in Scott Stadium, uh, four per player for UVA, two for the visiting per player for the visiting blue devils how is it going to how do you think it's going to be playing in uh, a stadium that can seat 50,000 and did on several occasions last year with only a thousand of them sparsely uh, spread throughout the stands
1: yeah well uh 61,500 is a lot to live up to uh but with the 1,000 fans like it's actually one of our team uh, mottos make your own music um Sometimes during practice, Coach Spenhobe, you know what, guys? We're making our own music today. And that music is your pads hitting each other, the sideline getting hype. Usually uh, the FSU uh, war champ will sometimes break out from the defense uh, all of a sudden. But uh, it's really just going to be different. You're going to be able to hear, like, the sideline calls. You're um, going to be able to hear what's going on in the field. And you really just got to support your teammates because you're not going to be a big you know, student section in there to get the crowd going. But I'm sure we're going to make the most of it
0: and just have fun. So I know that you all are, are focused entirely on Duke this weekend. Um, but, of course, last weekend was supposed to be the Commonwealth Cup coming about, I don't know, two months earlier than it than is supposed to in normal years. Uh, how right. did the postponement of the Tech game impact the way that you prepared uh, for Duke this week?
1: It really didn't change anything. If anything, it only really motivated us to uh, just be even more committed to our work. Um, everybody was looking forward to that Tech game. And Coach Menhall shared us that news that Saturday morning at 7.30 team meeting. Um. Everybody, me, some guys were taking it pretty hard because they've been looking forward to that game for a while, and we knew that like, the ACC was prioritizing some of these bigger games earlier on in the season, just in case we couldn't make it through the whole season. But that was a month, a month ago. But now it's looking a lot better for the uh, in the long run. So, I think, I think uh, this Duke game is really in the front of our minds, and guys just ready to get out there and have some fun.
0: So turning to a bit more player-specific and season-specific stuff, uh, Brennan Armstrong is going to get his first start uh, this season on Saturday in Scott Stadium at 4 o'clock uh, against the Blue Devils. What should we expect from him? What have you seen from him uh, from your perspective in camp this summer, and uh, how do you think that he'll fare uh, in his first start this weekend?
1: Right. Well, I think we're all really proud of Brennan just the way that he's developed as a leader, uh, just through his actions and words. Because that's something you see in leadership. Like you see some guys – be a vocal leader, but they don't live up to the actions. Um, and, but Brent's he just totally embodies the exact type of leader that you want on your team. Um, but he's been just one of the most athletic guys as well. She can run really well, can sling it. Um, so I'm sure we're, uh, we're in good
0: hands with him at the helm. And I don't want to, I don't want to jeopardize, you know, looking past Duke this weekend, but of course the trip to death Valley, uh, next Saturday in Clemson, um, uh, going to be a, couple more fans than there would be uh, at at Scott Stadium this season. Um, There's some people – there have been some people down there uh, I I saw last weekend. At least 20,000 in the stands. quite different from uh, what we're going to have in Charlottesville. Um, What did you all learn in the big games last season against Florida State, against Virginia Tech, against Florida in the Orange Bowl, and, of course, against Clemson in the ACC Championship? Uh, What did you learn about preparing for big games that you're going to try to replicate this year against Clemson, Carolina, and other marquee top 25 opponents?
1: Right, well, I think in the Clemson game, everybody, um, right, right when we got on the field during pregame, everybody was kind of wide-eyed and was like, oh, boy, this is Clemson. Man, um, but now it's like we, we can compete against these guys, and, like, we're just as good. Like, we know like we we can compete he- head-to-head, and, like, really in that Florida game, um, we showed that, like, we can do it, and, like, we should have won that game. And, like, obviously we had a couple possessions I wish we could have back, but it was pretty close uh, competition. Um, so yeah, we just know that that you just gotta go out there and not think too much about rankings or phys- physicality. You just gotta go out there and trust your assignments, your alignments, and your coaching and your training. And if you trust all four of those, like there's there's a great chance that you come out, um, come out as a winner. And like Coach Menhall knows that we must score at least 20, like from his statistics or his coaching career, uh, we have like over an 80% chance of winning if we score 24 points. Have uh, a better turnover margin, and then if we have five yards of um, five yards better of average playing field, like if we start on the twenty-five, we all they start on the twenty, um, we have an eighty percent chance of winning the game. So if we can get all three of
0: those, um, we'll fare pretty well. So I asked about Brennan Armstrong, but of course, with a new season, especially with a lot of turnover from last year, uh, there's a chance that there are some people that we're not thinking about who are going to have a breakout campaign. Is there anyone who, in your mind, is really, really primed to uh, take UVA fans? by surprise this season with how well they're playing? Right. Great question. Well, to start, i got a couple on my mind. Start our tight end room
1: um, with Tony and Grant Mish. Tony's the uh, grad transfer from Central Michigan. Grant Mish who's uh, my class. is from uh, Northern Virginia. Grant actually came in as a defensive end. He started his first year against Georgia Tech at the end. That was the only game he played in the defense. Or at least started. Um, so our tight end room has been really well. They're Super athletic, great route runners, great blockers. Um now on the receiving side of the ball, one kid I really like is Lavelle Davis. He's a uh, number 81. He's I think he's six six, six seven. He's like a little draft out there, just super tall, um, freaky fast, great hands. Um, so I'm excited for Lavelle and for Sean Henry, um, newcomer from St. Francis University. And obviously you got your veteran players like Terrell and all of them. Um but uh yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing them out there on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I really like Jameer Carter. He's a defensive lineman first year. He's done really well in practice, um, in addition to the veterans, which is implied. Um, but then from the defensive backs, um, D'Angelo Amos, he's a uh, grad transfer from JMU. He's doing pretty well, too. So, I mean, everybody's
0: doing really well, and I'm excited to see our guys compete. It's going to be a unique season for sure, but it also has a chance to be an exciting one. What are you most personally looking forward to uh, from this campaign?
1: right right well i'm just looking forward to seeing how we finish off like how we just take it week by week and how we end up doing the season uh, i really think this can be a special season for us like we're adhering to policies we're trusting our coaches we're trusting our administrators and it's paying off and at the end of the day it's going to be who can be healthy all uh eight weeks or so however however long we got for the season um so i'm just looking forward to that and just taking it week by week and having fun with my, my teammates it's uh it's just a different season for all of us, so we just got to make the most of it.